0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. tight
1: end.
2: And Raja Bell. Bell has got for 22 to Roger. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me.
0: Alright, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell, brought to you by Citizen. Um, big show to get to. Zion Williamson's out. What does it mean? LeBron again. Goes in on his teammates. We've got to break that down. Cool. ton of stuff we're going to do. Right. Combines going on. Yeah. you know, Do we think guys should throw in all that good stuff? But first, does my confidence look shot? No, you look – I mean, I, I, you wear it well if it is. All right, because I'm a little bit dejected. Oh. Because two things happen. One, I walk in and Coca, our producer, he's like, dang, you just don't care today, huh? <laughs> like, you looked at him I'm like, what? So, I got a little scruff, right? Right, right. And the reason why is because we're watching the Oscars the other night. And we're watching the red carpet special, and Bradley Cooper's on the red carpet, right? Sure. And my wife is like, ooh, Bradley Cooper, like, look how handsome he looks. My daughters are right there with him, yeah, right? Right? right. Right with us. We're all watching it together. And so my, I love my daughters. They're like, Dad... My 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 wife's checking him out. Correct. My daughters are like, Dad's just as good looking as him. Damn right. And I was like, Yeah, I am. Raising some good girls. And then my then my oldest goes, Dad, all you need is a beard and grow your hair out, and you'd look exactly like him. Yeah. So there we go. I got <laughs> the beard growing in. I'm going on vacation. <laughs> so when it's out, I'll let it grow in. <laughs> yep. And then I'll boom. I'll be the I'll be Unconditional dead love is three. like yeah. a
2: great. Me and Bradley Cooper.
0: That's my doppelganger. Yeah, dopp- <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they call those things. That's what I am. Then the other thing happened, I'm doing the HQ doing our stuff for uh, CBS Sports HQ and Linda who's the director of that show she's mm-hmm. like hey uh, you might want to fix your makeup and I was like oh, oh brother so uh. I can't you know I can't do anything yeah, about the you Lakers. get a win this morning Oh so, yeah um, LeBron can't do anything about the Lakers apparently either
2: because hey, can I just say something yeah you're getting really <laughs> right and like they're really so good and creative I like that go yeah. ahead let's Andrew keep it moving building up my confidence yeah. too See? so <laughs> they go out
0: they're one in four uh, in their last five games, they're three and right. seven in the last 10, four and 10 in the last 14. Since LeBron came back, he said he's going to be activated. Um, the activation just completely failed. They lost 110 to 105 to the Grizzlies. It was ugly. And afterwards, listen to LeBron talking about distractions and his teammates. Uh
2: huh. Um, at this point if you uh, are still allowing distractions to affect the way you play then this is this is the wrong franchise to be a part of and you should just come and be like listen I don't I can't do this like seriously if you're distracted by playoff pushes and then and all the stuff that's been talked about this year and that, you know. they are in the 11th spot in the West um, they and ain't all, making it they're not there's like a 3% chance I think I saw that they make the playoffs so I, I am out on the Lakers. I have maintained that I thought that they would make a push and they would get it together, but I'm kind of out on the Lakers. As far as LeBron goes and his message to the team, I get that that's what a good leader is supposed to do. Um, is it, though? No, no. To call your teammates publicly? It, to call, I, look, I, I, a good leader is supposed to call all of us out. Like, I, I, the we thing. I'm always a we yes. guy. Like, we need to be better. Not, you know, you, you, you don't project that on everybody else. You are as big a part of the problem as you are a part of the solution when things don't go well. You know what I mean? So... You, you have to, you have to include yourself in that. But here's the deal. When I watched the game last night, LeBron triple doubled. Like, so he's carrying his weight offensively at times, but his body language is terrible. Like, he was making some, some plays down the stretch and getting it to different people to shoot threes. And when they didn't make it, there was just this like air of like dejection and like, like disbelief that they didn't make the shot that he, that he had set them up for. And then, you know, defensively, there were plenty of opportunities for him to make a rotation or stunt at somebody until, you know, his teammate could get back into play and you know, they highlight him, they were all over social media this morning, him just kind of standing around watching and if you if you want to lead them, if you want to lead them, and I know you're an older player and even Kobe, like I had this conversation with Brady Quinn off air. He asked me if Kobe and Mike ever did that late in their stretch. Yes, I remember Kobe Towards the end of his career, I'd watch film, like I wasn't playing anymore, and I'd be like, look, he's just taking those plays off. You get older, you can't expend all of your energy on every play. You have to be selective about when you're going to make your difference. But if you're trying to lead a team out of a hole like that, and you're talking about accountability and details and doing what it takes to win, you can't then throw up the tape the next morning and you be the one that's not making the, the plays.
0: Right. And it's, and the other thing too is, I think he has to be aware, I don't, I wonder where his awareness level, like how unlikable he's becoming with the media and how people are mocking him for the activation mode and then for throwing his teammates under the bus. Like I think it's playing really bad publicly. I don't know. He probably doesn't care at this point in his career, but it is playing really poorly. The shot that we just showed on here when there was I don't know who it was taking the three, but he did the thing he did with Ben Simmons. Yeah. He's like and under the basket, like daring the dude to shoot, which I'm okay with if you don't think the guy's gonna make it. But don't after he makes it look at your teammates like, come on, so like where was the
2: help? Take that, like that. Take that playback. Take that playback. I think that's the one I think I know the one you're talking about with Bruno Caboclo. Um so Bruno is like a 29% three-point shooter, and I, I want to give him credit. So there's Bruno. He right. doesn't even make an effort. He shoots it. And so... And then it's the body language. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him not getting out there, but don't like just the body language is so I, a bad look. It is a bad look, but I don't think that body language was, was at, at his, teammates. his teammates. I think that was a scouting report thing where Bruno were going to let him shoot threes. And I think the body language is still telling because he's not re- responding to the three with body language towards his teammates. He's talking to his bench. Like, that's at his coaching staff. Right. Like, look, you guys told I, look, to you told me shoot. to let him shoot it, I let him shoot it, and he knocks down a three. Do you know? But all of that lends itself to, like, you know, there being a little bit of dysfunction there. You know what I mean? Everybody on edge, everybody kind of pointing the finger and blaming each other. And, you know, I'm out on the Lakers in terms of making the playoffs. Here's the funny thing, though. They haven't lost that much ground. Right. They were three games back two games ago. They haven't won in, in two games and they're still three games back. Yeah. Cause it was a mess last night. They're still, a, this
0: might not be the bad time to take them for some value to win the West. You can get it a 45 to one long shot if you just yeah. want to take a total flyer. Cause I don't think anybody's knocking off the Warriors. But if there was a time to kind of buy, like, buy low when they're, everybody's counting them out, it would be now. But I'm with you. I don't even think they make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't even think they get Look, there. Look, you,
2: you, you had to start, I mean, I, you had to start building up momentum. When you're in a chase like that, you're three games back. Again, there must wins and there need to wins. Yep. that's it. And so must wins are anybody below you in the standings. Pelicans without Anthony Davis must win. Mm-hmm. Like Atlanta, it's a terrible team trying to trying to get Zion Williamson must win. Like last night against Memphis, they just traded away Marcus. So must win games. If you're not going to win those, then what happens when you play? You got the fifth hardest schedule in the league remaining. Like you're not going to win the the, the big ones. So you have those are must win games.
0: Do you have a problem? When he's out there publicly with the media calling out his teammates and then like within an hour he goes on Instagram and he did, he set some incredible records. Like he moved an all time list of assists and something. I forget what it was, but he like went on Instagram was like, can't believe this. this is so great. Like and puts out this
2: individual accomplishment
0: on a night that was really a bad night and he's calling out his teammates. Does that
2: bother you at all or is it just not a big deal? I mean, yeah, again, some of that stuff bothers optics. me. Yeah. The optics of it aren't great. Um, you know when you're dealing with guys in his in his, in the air of like MJ and LeBron like magic and and bird you know those type of guys look does it bother me yeah are you allowed to do it probably right you know so what here's I
0: mean? cuz here's like and this is if you are going to be compared to the goat i think it goes with everything i can't picture mj doing that handling a loss being ticked off and then being like hey i'm the only player in the top 10 points and assists all time let me put this out like, That's I'm, a good point. That's you know, a valid like, point. And I, th- yeah. I don't think Kobe would have done that. That's either. a valid he point. He still would have been livid like for, you know, 12 hours or till the next day about the loss. So you don't care about anything. I, I, individual.
2: You know, this goes to the conversation that we have about LeBron. Um, I don't think LeBron, I think some of those guys, it would have been genuine, but some of them also understood like what people wanted, right? Like there, there was a time when an athlete like to be marketable to some degree, you had to understand who you were marketing to and the people and like you just said, you don't love that, right? Like people don't love that. I don't think LeBron. LeBron is pretty unapologetic, like, and that is refreshing to me. That LeBron right. does not care. Yep. Like he's like, I can be both. Like I can be ticked off that we lost that game, but I can come out here and say this because I don't care what you guys are going to say about me in the media. And so if I separate the two, I can be. Ref- it can be refreshing at times. Uh, but I do agree with you that those guys would never have done that. No. Um.
0: So, um, so I-, I have one thing for you, Raja. One thing, real. What do you think about this? So last night, LeBron put out this video with Two Chains, cause he's now like the A&R for Two Chains' new album. And in it, the game was, the game, they had a game February 2nd against the Warriors. The video with Two Chains was 11.43pm on February 1st, in the
2: studio, and he missed the February 2nd game due to load management. What do you think about that situation? Yeah, I mean, he was already penciled in to miss the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, like he was. Yeah, yeah, so he knew he wasn't going to play. So I don't really have a big problem with it. But, um, the, it, 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 harkens back to the question that you asked yesterday about, you know, him asking all of these guys to have a narrow focus and be committed to what they're trying to do, which is make a playoff push. And he's out there producing videos and, and doing that kind of stuff. So just from a focus perspective, it look, it doesn't look great. But in terms of just being in the studio late at night when you knew you weren't going to play the next day, I don't have a beef. But again, LeBron, uh, while I said those guys don't have a right to necessarily, you know, put themselves in your category with your ability to, to, to manage time and be committed and be focused and, 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 try to chase championships, you do have to lead by example at some point. Yep. And that being off the court and on the court with your, with your, you know, with what you're willing to give up of whatever body you have left to try to make this playoff push.
0: In fairness, to, if you're going to compare him to the GOAT, I do, like, MJ was playing 36 holes of golf. Yeah, I no, remember sure. he was playing the Heat. I think he played 36 in between. It was off day. And then he had a bad game, and they were blaming that. And that was only one of the things we knew about. Right. I guarantee you, there are card games. There's late nights like that, that MJ was doing, too. So if right. you're going to compare him, it's not like MJ was just sitting in a hotel room mentally prepping for games. So right, guys have to live their lives. so are going to have it out there anyway. Zion Williamson we've talked a lot about uh yeah. with his injury that occurred uh the other night when his shoe blew out. He missed the game this past weekend against Syracuse. Now it's been announced that he won't play versus uh Virginia Tech. I'm like... This is such a not a news event. Like, it's not surprising at all to me. If he misses the ACC tournament, then I'm like, oh, all right, something's more serious. Or he might be sitting out and just saying, see you later to this Duke team. I don't think this is any more than just part of a normal process of him coming back from an injury that's pretty minor. But they're just making sure he's healthy.
2: Um, Yeah, I could see that. Like, tonight... Not, you don't necessarily need to play. Him I wouldn't be surprised 10-20. if he doesn't
0: play until Wake Forest on March fifth. Like get another week, then you can play for North Carolina your rivalry game to get kind of ready to go for the ACC.
2: Yeah, that that's a good target date. I was going to say the same date. There's really no need. Um, for the Miami game, um, Miami hasn't played. And great. if they don't that, five,
0: and this is the thing about college basketball where it gets knocked a lot of times, they don't really matter, the regular season games.
2: They don't, but what I would like to have is a couple games under his belt. That's why Wake Forest makes sense, right? I'd like a couple games under his belt before the ACC tournament if he's gonna play again. You know, I don't wanna be rolling him out in the first game. They are also in a fight, I guess, for the number one seed in, in the ACC, which gets you the double buy. Um, I'd like to get that. You know, if I if I could get that and secure that, I would like to do that. Um, and I would certainly like to have a couple games back under his belt before we get into ACC tournament play. How how personal do you think he takes that game against North Carolina at the end of the season? Considering that was the game he got hurt in. I mean, he should take the Nike shoe deal more personal. Than than <laughs> yeah, I, like I think, exactly. NC, that that UNC Duke rivalry is going to be a. Uh, uh, um, you know, a fantastic matchup, like they're at NC this time. Yep. UNC went in there and beat them. There was a lot of subplots in that game. So I imagine if if Zion is going to play this year, like he's definitely got that game targeted as well, right? He's going to want to play in one of those You know, it's why you go to Duke, right? Like, and if you were all this guy that would have foregone, like, your entry into the NBA to go play college ball anyway, and you're a Dukey and this and that, like, you want to play in that game. If you're healthy and you're going to play again this season, he plays in that game.
0: Coach K said he's getting better, and he said they're carefully following the four-step recovery schedule that the school uses for knee injuries. But they're being cautious not to put a timetable on his return. That's really smart. Have you ever heard of this four-step recovery? Four-step, I was, I, I have either. I my mean, grade one MCL sprain, I think it was probably a week, you know, that you'd miss. And yeah. Like he's right around the timetable there. And I think with a player like this, you're going to be as cautious as you can. Right. I had not heard of the four-step thing though. Uh, the timetable. I've table, heard of rice,
2: I, like. Right. Yeah, you rice it. You yep. rest ice compression and elevate. There you like go. I know that. Look at that. Well, I, I was awesome. <laughs> although
0: my dad has told me a number of times that, and why I, sh- I shouldn't speak for him. No, but I would like to hear he this. He told me the to stem.
2: Yeah. It's a like chamois, a it's chamois huh? but a lot
0: of it's hey, some stuff is psycho. Like if you feel like it's working, yeah. mentally you're more confident. Correct. it's there. But he is big on ice. Okay, like ice I, I, and ice. heat. Ice. ice and heat. Yeah, that type stuff. yeah, that's good stuff for you. The NFL combine, it is the biggest job interview for these guys that are attending of their entire life. Mm-hmm. Because really, you can, there's some guys that are going to be first rounders, but they might be able to increase their stock by five slots, right potentially be millions of dollars to get those five slots. Some guys could be six or seven round draft picks. You could vault up into the third or fourth round, which is probably the difference in you making a team or not, whether they invest those picks in you. I think it would be really tough. If you were injured, like uh, Josh Jacobs, running back for Alabama, he has a groin injury, yeah. so he can't run at the combine. I think it'd be tough mentally because you'd just you want to get out there and prove yourself. As long as he and other guys that are missing the combine are able to do it at their pro day, right. I don't think it'll have that much of an impact. As long as you played at a top-tier school... And, you know, you played at Alabama and you put up numbers like he did, you'll be fine. I think it's a bigger issue if you're like some non-power five school trying to make a name for yourself and you might have good stats and good film, but if you can't run, a team's just going to be like, Oh, I don't know what he looks like. You know, like you just see it in person. So I think it kind of matters on what your status is.
2: Yeah. You definitely, um, there's more to, there's more to gain, I guess, for that mid level mid-tier college guy that goes there and just blows up. Yeah. Right? right. Like his, and that 40- happens every year. Yeah. You'll
0: be like, whoa, where yeah. did this guy come from? Jumps
2: 43 on like the vertical and runs like a 435 and everybody, you know, your stock can go up. And for those blue chip dudes to your point, like, you know, you're trying to, you can speak more to this than I can, but, you're really trying to just verify that it's what you think it is if you're, if you're a team, right? Yep. Like you want to meet Danny Cannell. You want to make sure that like he's listed at 6'4". You just want to make sure he's not one, Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you want to make, you, you want to check the boxes physically. You want to talk to him. Like you're just trying to verify that what you see is real. Some of these other guys have a legitimate opportunity to go there and say, Hey guys, look at me. Like look at me. I'm here. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I think it means a lot, but it's interesting to me, like when you're, we're, cause we're going to talk about who's throwing, who's not throwing. Yep. Are there any other positions that get to kind of pick and choose what they want to do at the draft? Is it Yeah, is like there'll, there'll be other guys that might
0: say, Hey, I'm not going to do this. Like a 225 test. Yeah. I, if I'm a wide receiver and I'm not able to put it up five times, I'm probably like, Yeah, I'm just not going to do it. Not
2: going to do it. Yeah.
0: Just say peace. <laughs> so it doesn't, that bothers you. I, I don't, those, don't know why that bothers if me. If I was a scout, I'd be like, what are
2: you hiding? You know, <laughs> right.
0: that week. But I think guys would. Most of them will do it. The quarterbacks are sort of in a different situation. Um, but I, again, I've always felt like at the combine, you play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a receiver and you're, two, you know, 225, you're really weak, I would say, all right, I'm going to run the 40 and I'm going you better blaze on that. Correct. You better, and then yeah. And you can say, well, you know what? I'm going to hold off on the 225. So
2: there's like a scale, right? If you're fast enough. Then it, who it, cares? It, it, who cares about the foot, right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> what do you think you could run the 40 in right now? Ooh. Outside
2: in the parking lot. Yeah, I have the five.
0: I think you four, could. Eight? What's crazy is that Tom Brady ran a five, two, eight yeah. at his combat. The video's out there. It's all over YouTube. It's famous. I could run a five, two, eight today. Yeah. You could run a five. For sure. Two, yeah, three, I could do that. Two, no question. Vertical jump 24 and a half inches. I would hope I could get that. What's crazier is guys, like in Tom Brady, no one's shocked by that because he's not a runner. Uh-huh. But when you see Antonio Brown run a four, five, seven, that's pretty slow for a wide receiver and for him to have as much success as he had. Right. It explains why he dropped in the draft. Um, other guys, Jarvis Landry, only a 28 and a half vertical <laughs> no, jump. 28. 28 inches. That is, I think I had 30. Like I just wanted a three on there yeah. and I was like, thank goodness I got 30. Right. He couldn't even get a three that's on there. That's tough. That's a bad look yeah, for him. That's really, how about my man Anquan Bolden from Florida State? Oh. Ran a 4-7-40.
2: I know, see That's that, flat out slow. That's flat, just, yes, that's like two years ago yeah. I could have ran that meeting.
0: Dayton Manning ran a 4-8. That's only, that's oh. like right, that's right there. I ran a 4-8. Like it's, that is- <laughs> Danny, so Danny, now none of us forward.
2: believe that you could run a 5-2-40 right now. Oh, None of us in this room believe absolutely that. Absolutely. Huh? Nope, not, one of, not one of us. I'm gonna co-sign with Danny. He run a 524. I could run a 5- Have you seen uh, the video of Brady running that thing? He looks, looks like he's slow motion. He is dragging a I'm piano quick, and a Mack truck. I got quick
0: tits, quick twitch, quick twitch, quick twitch, quick twitch, quick twitch, <laughs> twitch, <laughs> twitch <laughs> muscles going. I could do it. Uh, but I'm going on vacation, so too bad we won't have the opportunity to do that. Uh, but do you watch the combine? Do you like to
2: watch? It? I do. I, I, like to watch, th- I like to watch them run. I like to watch the receivers, uh, run routes. I like to watch the, the DBs. Yeah. Like, uh, cause I love the fact that those guys don't have hands, a lot of them. Like, do you know <laughs> what I mean? I just think it's fascinating that they can't catch balls a lot and of that's times. That's the old axiom is
0: why they play defense.
2: Correct. Right? Like, they're really good athletes. They're fast, but they can't catch a cold. Right. They'll just put them out there on
0: the defense. So yeah. Like, so I like to watch. Yeah. So I think the fact I would love to go one day with you and like see, and watch him Person. Yeah. It's such like a, uh, it's this fraternity and we could just sit there and just watch all the networking that goes on and the gossip and coaches like trading secrets and then I'm sure they don't like some guys. Right. Give them information. It's like the
2: winter meetings for like baseball yeah. and stuff like that. That's where it goes down. Yeah. So I was in the, uh, we played in Indianapolis one year um, while the combine was going on. So I was there with the Suns or something like that. Uh, and so I, I got to see a lot of those dudes coming through there, and they were getting it in, man. The bar oh, yeah. at night, that thing would be
0: popping. Oh, they yeah, the execs in. and yeah. the scouts and the coaches. Right. Talk to Brady Quinn about it. It just goes, it's, it's all night, all night affair. The players, it's a little bit nerve wracking. Right. You are nervous. Like, there's so much nervous energy. You don't want, it's, it's your biggest interview of your life. You want to have it out there.
2: I never got to go. Like, I didn't get invited to Portsmouth or Chicago or any of the pre-draft stuff. So I had one workout when I came out and it was for the Atlanta Hawks. And I remember being, like, really nervous. Really, like, and this was, it was myself. It was Melvin Levitt, who they called the helicopter. Not Melvin. Was it Melvin Levitt? Yeah, called the helicopter for Cincinnati. Um, um with Chris Heron from Boston College and then another kid Quincy Lewis from from um from Minnesota and I remember being like man they all do something different like one's really athletic one's really good with the ball one's a really good shooter and I'm just like kind of like a Swiss army knife dude like I don't do anything great um but I went into like a zone you ever been into that zone like I got in there and I like blanked out right. and when I came out of it like, they were like, you jumped 40 inches. I was like, what? They were like, you did, you did the 135 like 20 times. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, it was, really? I had this workout from like, it was just dropped on me from, from somewhere above. Um, and it made, it allowed me to go to camp with Atlanta and then things snowballed from there, but it, it was super nerve wracking. I was super nervous. And then I just kind of zoned out during the workout.
0: That's the best case scenario. Cause yeah. those guys get so nervous and worked up, they expend a lot of energy like throughout the night, just tossing and turning. Right. And then they have awful workouts. The good is, is you still have your pro day. Like, if you have a bad day or you can't run, You still have your pro day out there.
1: Welcome back to Canel and Bell. We start off socially relevant talking about Le'Veon Bell. So he's already gathering opinions on where he should be playing in 2019. So on Saturday night, he took to Twitter to ask where he should go for his next team. And a pair of Eagles players didn't hesitate to shoot their shot. Defensive end Chris Long responded with a smirking gif from a scene from the office. And then safety Melkin Jenkins used another gif saying come quickly so guys why is he even out here getting people's opinions in the first place like there's absolutely no way he's going to listen to what other people think is best right
0: yeah but he loves the shine of getting a little love from a couple eagles players so I, it's just kind of the new it's a new era that we live in like guys like creating buzz around themselves i'd probably do it too
2: buzz is great bucks are better yeah, and that's ultimately what's going to talk, right? Like those guys
0: could all have a whole picture yeah. all together, being come play with Great. us. If the money's not there, he, he ain't going there, right? If yeah. the,
2: like I always say, if the money's right, I'm on the flight. It's, it's that's so right. like, that's what it is. It's exactly what it is. The money's right. I'm on the flight. That's what he's gonna I do? I love too.
0: that line. Yeah. All right,
1: guys. Tony Hawk is helping his daughter follow in his footsteps. So earlier this week, he posted a video on Twitter saying, "Quote, my daughter overcoming her fear in real time. Wait for it. I might have been a little bit more nervous." than she was check this video out
2: she's dropping in oh
1: my gosh this is in real time
2: yeah Yeah. and that
1: video was way longer too she was really standing there for a long time so guys if your Uh, dad is the most famous skateboarder ever there's like a certain pressure on that right
0: totally yeah
1: i'd I'd be terrified
0: i feel i would be terrified too if you ever (laughs) stood on top of one of those and seen how straight down it is it looks curved it's like really tricky if uh I think it'd be really tough. Like, and I you have it to a certain extent. Like, you're a professional athlete, and your kids. Like, when they see you at basketball, like, everybody's like, "Oh, his dad played in the NBA." Yeah. Um When I was at my daughter's golf tournament last week, Tiger Woods' kid, Charlie Woods, was in the yeah, game. really. And I felt bad. Like, it had like a little gallery around him, and he's like ten, like nine years old. But there's an expectation. That sure. To be great, that'd be
2: really tough on some of these. And people. everybody wants to beat them, like, oh, yeah, because you know, sure. they know yeah, who they, they are, it, and man. so everyone wants to beat them and. Um, so as it pertained to skateboarding in the 06 07 season, I believe it was like the Phoenix Suns were heavy into skateboarding, right? So we would like Steve Nash, Brian Grant, myself, Eddie House, Pat Burke, um, and there'd be somebody else, I think, maybe Leandro Barbosa. Like, we would go around to, like, the skate parks in Phoenix, and dudes would be, like, dropping into these bowls and really? stuff like that. We would ride around on a skateboard. And in retrospect, like at the time, we didn't think anything about it until one of us broke our wrists and we say, couldn't play basketball. Like, more <laughs> day. Like, Patrick yeah.
0: Holmes out there yeah, playing yeah. basketball, and they shut him down. I, if they would have found out you guys were We were
2: all around there skateboarding <laughs> around, like, Scottsdale. Like, That's fantastic. At skate parks, like crazy. It. Yeah. And it wasn't, like,
0: longboard cruising. Nah, bro, yeah, bro you these you were you straight were boards. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I wasn't doing. Ollie's, but these dudes, like, you know, they were really good on their board. So, like, yeah, it was, and it didn't even dawn on me. We were just having a good time. Like, yeah, probably not a good idea.
0: Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) But good for his daughter for getting over it. For sure.
1: Well, speaking of injuries, so Michael Porter Jr. slipped to 14th in last year's draft due to an injury, and he still hasn't played a game yet for the Nuggets because of that same injury. But according to his Instagram page, he's looking a little bit healthier, guys. So, guys, check this video out right here. Hey yo, can you, Raja, Can you tell anything based on that clip? If yeah. He's close to why ain't he playing?
2: <laughs> yeah, no. There's pop. You could see the pop in those legs. You could see right. the conviction with, with the, which he jumped. The force of the of the windmill, like none of that means that he can play. But when you're I mean, dealing with it does he looks fine? No, but when you're dealing with a bad back, this guy had back surgery, so you're just looking to see like fluid, explosive movement. You can see all of that in that clip. Like now he is a su- like he is a super talented dude. If he hadn't had those back injuries, one he could have been number one. Like Luca was a special thing. Like Luca might have still been number one, but that guy was a top two three talent coming out of high school he was projected as the number one pick in the draft
0: and i i'll if back injuries terrify me just haven't had back injuries and nothing major but just know how hard they are to deal with and get over yeah that's like still concerning so i hope hopefully he gets back and you were able to see that small pet peeve though yeah when you do a dunk like especially you gotta like dribble like he was totally cheated he no you don't No, no you up. don't yeah you, yeah you do you gotta no, you, dri- yeah. you gotta do it like a game like you gotta like you, <laughs> you, get, you gotta do it like a game up there like that's cheating <laughs> You it, gotta, you gotta do, you gotta dribble on a dunk. You can't a, just travel and like run up the
2: court. It's ridiculous, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that you guy, have to. Okay, you gotta, you gotta,
0: you <laughs> gotta like real. It looks phony
2: gotta if you're all dribble. You gotta, there. There. you gotta dribble in a you dunk competition.
0: Who walks around like? Well, in the dunk competition, maybe that's a dunk competition you're dunk. It was. It was he was just Instagram running video. And oh. in a dunk competition, I'll take it a step further. It's like those dude. I don't know. I don't. I. You gotta dribble. You gotta do it like it's a game.
2: All right. Travel. NBA. Danny <laughs> says we're going to dribble now. Hey, any any Instagram or viral videos <laughs> everyone needs to travel. dribble? I'm going to them, say you travel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, I'm shutting you guys down on that one. We're moving on to last night talk. So last night during the Warriors' win over the Hornets, DeMarcus Cousins earned his 123rd technical foul of his career. So check this out. Cousins noticed Jeremy Lamb's shoe on the court by the free throw line and threw the shoe into the stands near the sideline. You can see it happen right here. He just chucks it into the sideline. So, guys, was he trying to make sure nobody tripped over it, or was this just typical Boogie being Boogie? It's
2: another one that the NBA officials get wrong. The man was just getting rid of a shoe. Like, yeah, there is a rule that says you can't throw things in the stands, like balls and stuff like that in the NBA. So by the letter of the law, I'm sure they will come out and say he was within his rights to give Boogie a technical foul. But you got to use some common sense. There's a shoe in the middle of the floor. The guy looks around, he runs over there, he just tosses it, and it happens to go six feet further than he meant for it to go. Boogie's had problems with refs, but they got this one wrong. This should have just been like a stoppage of play, let the kid get his shoe back on, and let's hoop. This is total
0: BS, and this is him. Do you, I, do you think they call this on anybody else? Or do you think this is because no, of No, I think this is because of Boogie. I do too, and it's such BS because like you said – this is the smart thing to do. He protected not only himself, but everybody on the Correct. court who doesn't know there's a shoe there. Like, I, if I'm him, I'm livid. Like, and I'm fi- and if, I, I- would love, uh, Steve Kerr as the coach to come out and be like, and I'm sure he probably did, but this is about player safety. Like, this, those guys that what matter, it's just ridiculous. It's so, an awful, awful, uh, call.
2: Boogie had a tweet about it. It said something like, yeah, next time I'll just roll my ankle, tear my Achilles, exactly. and do all that. Like, what do you, what do you want him to do? And, you know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get into a tirade about refs today, but that one they got wrong. Yeah, totally wrong.
1: All right, lastly, guys. Also last night, D-Wade was seen sporting a new look towards the end of his one last dance in the NBA. Did you guys see this? Oh, yeah. He had these these throwback braids. So it looks more like the style from when he entered the league in 2003. I kind of support this new look. What do you guys think?
2: Did he rock braids back then?
1: I never seen this is like braids. what everyone did in two thousand three,
2: though. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I he don't remember he him did. ever being in braids. Look, I know Rip. I don't remember him ever being in braids either. The braids are are dope. Like they're they're fire braids. I'd like to know who did his hair because one of my sons rocks braids. My son's eleven, though. I think D Wade's forty. There like, an age so, <laughs> there is an I, age there's I think there should be some sort of age restriction on braids for the first time. Right. You understand right. what I'm saying? Like, if you've rocked braids intermittently from the time you were 20 to 40, then throw some braids up. Right. But you're not going to go out with your first braid at 40 years old. You know what I mean? It feels like a little bit of a midlife crisis. Maybe. But I, I'm listen. I'm sort of wearing joggers. He's the no, well, like so a,
1: It's like a last thing. You know? Why not? It's like a...
2: Maybe I'm jealous because I can't, like, mine doesn't grow thick enough in here to have braids. So there could be some of that. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I'm like it's D. Wade. Let him have them. Like, who know. cares? Yeah, that's doesn't what i Yeah, you know, I that's thought great. they were. I thought they were. You, you liked looked, them? You didn't like those braids? I thought he looked a little yeah. corny. Nah, I didn't I'm, like them. I, I thought they were fire. No, braids I thought were fire. they were great. Yeah. No,
0: Whatever Gabrielle bad. thinks. Whatever Gabby you <laughs> need. All, all right. Good stuff, Han. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Welcome back. Nell and Bell to finish it off. Uh, with some leftovers and yeah. some NHL talk. Your home for NHL hockey right here is Canel and Bell because the NHL trade deadline was yesterday.
2: Yeah. Or was it today? Yesterday. Just today. Yes. Yeah, it was yes. then. It, was, it was, was
0: then. But did you hear about the wild? Because they dealt Michael Granlund to the Preds. Preds? Yeah. He, the, preds, the, the Preds. The Preds. <laughs> uh, while his wife was in labor. How wild was that? Uh, dude, no,
2: I don't, I don't. Play on words. co Nope. Uh, I wonder if he took heat though for getting traded while his wife was in labor. I don't know. But you know what I thought was a great signing, though? Which one? Like the Golden Knights got that kid Mark Stone. I think it's a huge addition for them coming down the stretch run where they got like 20 games left, something sure. like that, 25 games left. The line
0: changes huge. will be off the charts. Much <laughs> smoother now when they go up. With the <laughs> line changes there. And Boston trying to uh-huh. after another championship brought in Marcus Johansson. Johansson. Yeah, Johansson. Johnson, Johnson, Johansson. Uh, from the Devils just down the street in New Jersey.
2: Nashville also landed Wayne Simmons, right? Yeah. Hey, Wayne Simmons is a black dude, right? <laughs> Yeah, he is, right? Like, seriously. I, like, I, that's my hockey. Like, I think I saw, I saw it. I saw him. I know him. He's, 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 he's a black dude. Hold on. I'll Google him. Wayne Simmons is... Drum roll, please.
0: Canada. Yes! He Yay! He is, uh, hometown. He's 30 years old, 6'2". Where's he from? His national team is Canada. So okay. He's, he's, you know his nickname? If you knew his nickname, then I would just like retire right now. I don't
2: know. What is it? Wayne train. Wayne train, huh? All right. I hear that. Yeah, Him right. and PJ Subban. Yeah,
0: there you go. Poor or PK
2: or PK Suban.
0: There it is. That's your home for hockey right We do a hockey segment every time. Uh, spring training is actually started right now. Right. Uh, you're having teams out there that are going. I, I don't like, I don't know. I guess because I'm falling this category like grumpy old player. Um, but there are some baseball players who don't like some of the rule changes that baseball is trying to implement to speed up the game. I totally don't understand it. So they're actually having uh, incorporated this 20-second pitch clock, uh, which to me seems like such not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not a pitcher, not out there dealing with it. But Max Scherzer is count one of those guys as one of them who doesn't like it. I know his quote was, I know as as players, that's something that MLB is trying to negotiate. I don't think there's negotiation here. As players, it just shouldn't be in the game. Having a pitch clock, if you have ball strike implications, that's messing with the fabric of the game. There's no clock in baseball, and there's no clock in baseball for a reason. Now, having to actually throw it, I think it's more of a distraction than anything. I get that there are parts of the game that we can clean up, and I think there can be meaningful changes. I'm fundamentally against this.
2: Good for you, Matt. John Lester,
0: baseball is baseball. You're not going to speed it up. Uh, Jay Happ, I don't like it. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think the numbers prove the game needs changed, and it doesn't feel right.
2: Um, yeah. Look, dude. I mean, any the damn ball. But any player that's played a sport a certain way for you know his whole life. None of these are young pitchers, are they? These are all kind of veteran pitchers for the most part. Like they're going to be around.
0: These are established long timers. When the
2: NBA brings in new rules, every vet is like, "No, we don't want it. Like, (laughs) no, no matter what the rule is, no, we don't like it." You know, and so. That's to be expected a little bit.
0: Yeah. I was taught growing up as a pitcher to work fast. Work fast. Don't like you – and like, again, I know we talk about our kids a lot, but it's like the thing I can relate to now. My daughter on the golf course. Other kids, some of them take forever to hit the ball. Yeah. To me, like you freeze up. The longer you stand over a putt and you're just – Frozen.
2: Study long. Study wrong. It.
0: And I know I can see it in my daughter's head, like she's thinking, "I want to bring it back. I want to aim right there." I'm like, "Just hit the ball." Like, right. More times than not, if you want to stick to a routine, keep it quick and do it. Like you'll have more success than if you freeze
2: over something. You want to have an you playing with more instinct and right. an instinctual like even like free feel.
0: throws. Did you have? You obviously probably had a routine. Yeah. You?
2: you go. You go. Like I tell my sons the same thing. Like get through your however many dribbles you want. Like, get set and let it ride. Like, there's no reason to be sitting there, like, staring at the rim. You don't need the downtime in your motion. You get through whatever your routine is. That should be consistent. And then you step up there and, and you trust that your mechanics have, have been sharpened to the point where you're going to make that. Do you, you know remember I mean? your routine? My routine was, let's see, I got up there. I I, I did rehearsed one. Boom. Yeah. And I think I said one, two, three. I got set. And I exactly it like that yeah. pause,
0: the one yeah. and then two, two three. Two, three and let and it. it ride. I love it. It never yeah, changed? No. Throughout your whole career? I
2: probably, yeah, it did change. Maybe one year, rough game. one year I shot, no, not during the season. Like, I, I switched one summer, um, because I think I had like, I was like a high 70. I was, I, I always shot like poor than I probably should have shot from the free throw line. I didn't shoot a lot of them, but I changed one summer because I wasn't shooting.
0: Now, if you were practicing and practice, would you do the routine too? Yeah. So if you were shooting a hundred free throws after practice, you would yeah. do the routine every yeah. single time. Absolutely, muscle memory. Is yeah, what it's all about. Um, NBA tonight. There uh, is uh, Boston's at Toronto for what a lot of people are assuming is the best team in the East. Do you think we're overlooking uh, the Bucks as a contender, a legitimate contender? You might on fire. be. I am not. They're forty-six and 14, first in the East. Yeah, we're all, been all on number. fire lately. Giannis is probably going to win the MVP. But it does seem like they're just overlooked because we talk about the Sixers, we talk about Boston, we talk about Toronto. And is it because their markets is the only reason we talk about them more? Um, their teams are better, aren't their they? Their teams talk are better, it?
2: and there's something to be said for Budenholzer's team in Atlanta. I don't know, that was four years ago when they were the number one team in the league, and we saw them, uh, the, the, the Cavs saw them, and, and we swept them. Like, it didn't, it didn't prove to have a great... Uh, have great success in the postseason. Although, you know, there's a LeBron effect there. We had Kyrie. That's a different type of deal. Um, their numbers, their fourth in offensive, like, rating, first in defensive rating, 16th in three-point percentage. Their net rating is a 9.5. Of the last four champions in the NBA, Golden State's net rating last year was 5.9. Um, it was not number one in the league. Golden State's in 17 was 11.3. That was number one in the league. The Cavs in 16 was 4.8 and not number one in the league. Golden State 10.0 uh, and 15, that was number one in the league. So 9.5 is a pretty high net rating. Like, they have the chops to get it done. The question for me is whether or not in the playoffs, their three-point percentage is what I say, 16th, it's middle of the pack in the league. Right. They are built around Giannis Antetokounmpo in the paint and three-point shooting. If that's not hot during the playoffs or teams are going to stay home a little bit better and they've got you scouted better, that becomes a problem. Now they still defend well, but if they're not going to shoot those threes at, at, at a high enough clip, um that becomes a problem in the playoffs. And then the other part of it is they don't have a lot of guys that are proven playoff like veterans. Like even Giannis isn't really proven in the playoffs yet. They had some experience last year. They were in a good series with with uh with Boston. Um you know, Miritich has has, you know, a little bit. Like they don't have a bunch of guys that are just playoff guys. Do you know what I mean? And so that would be the only you know, the only concern I have, but I do think they are for real and they played very well against the top of the Eastern Conference this year.
0: They're the favorite uh, to win the Eastern Conference two to one favorite Toronto's behind them at five to two. I do think tonight's game where uh, the Celtics are going to Toronto is bigger for the Celtics. Like I want to see where this team is. They What's just, the line? We've uh, Toronto's a four point favorite. I would probably take the home team uh, and lay the points. Uh, it just feels to me like the Celtics, and I think this will be like very telling for them. Like, what do they do? How do they respond? What do they comment after win or lose? Like, what is this really going on inside this organization? Because all we've heard is drama. We've heard they're not having fun. I I'm very curious to see what this Boston team looks like tonight in a very critical Eastern Conference game.
2: Yeah, I you know I actually think they'll lose tonight. Um, in, in Boston, Boston, Boston too. yeah. That's what I'm saying I would take Toronto. Um, but it's I it can't help but shake the feeling of both the Bucks and and Toronto having not had postseason success. You know what I mean? Like Toronto has been, and again, now you were dealing with LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love. So there, there's a reason. There's three good reasons why you don't get to where you're supposed to go having been the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, that being Toronto. But I can't help but shake the feeling like they haven't been able to do it in the playoffs. Um, Milwaukee, not as much of a sample size. But Boston, regardless of what they look like and how they're like, kind of like in this funk, You kind of know that in a seven-game series with what they've got over there, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat them in seven games, no matter what they look like in the regular season, Danny. Like I still think that Milwaukee probably would beat them or or Toronto, but there's this part of me somewhere that that doesn't trust that those teams will be able to do it against Boston in seven games.
0: I was looking at the Western Conference. Odds, Warriors clearly number one uh, seed, uh, according to Vegas, favorite. Houston Rockets and Oklahoma City are 10 to 1. They're Ooh. both right behind them, which is shocking to me because Houston, it felt like we wrote them off a while ago. It credits did. to James Harden for carrying them through that patch when they got yeah. Chris Paul and for keeping them in the spot. Now if they start getting healthier, they might be the team to
2: Always play. said OKC was going to be a, a threat just yeah. because they've got those two dudes and they got a really good core. They've been together for a while. Houston with the additions of Austin Rivers, uh, um, and Kenneth Fareed, who's like, a double double dude off the like completely off of like waivers or like off a buyout situation. Uh He's been great. And Mont Shumpert a great addition. And Clint Capella like they are dangerous too. Yeah.
0: Yep. Good stuff. I am out tomorrow. Vacation. What? But I'll be back. Shred him, bro. I'll be back Shred Thursday em. though. We're gonna All do right. a little Skype thing. All right, back.
2: back.